something in your hands, imaginatively, that you would love to release into the world. And then unfold your hands and imagine just sending it forth. <coughs> Notice the feeling of joy and light that you get when you release your dream into the world. That is the joy of the cosmos as it releases us into the world. You are the dream of the cosmos. Just as you are. You are a dream come true. And all that remains is for each one of us to remember that that's who we are. To live that consciously every day. So, as I was thinking about this whole idea of unfolding, I was thinking about what does it take? And I was defining three steps that are involved in it. Because I love to make things simple, <laughs> even though they could be hard. Um, and the first step is to have an intention, a powerful intention that you are holding. So it can be a simple intention, like having an intention to turn your clocks forward. That could be an intention. And if you really hold that in, and to get to unity on time, that could be an intention that you held and you acted upon it because it was important to you. You have an intention, more generally, to, to show up when things are starting. And so that intention to turn your clocks ahead allows you to do that. Or it can be something that's far grander than turning ahead the clocks. It could be an intention to be who you came here to be in the world. We are all emanations of the light of the cosmos. That's who we are. And each one of us has come to be our unique shade of that. And, and we're not all identical in that way. The universe is way diverse. And it includes room for each one and our, our unique expression. So what is yours? What is your powerful intention? Maybe, maybe your intention is to be a stand for justice. Everything about your life is going to be about justice. Maybe it's going to be an emanation of love. Maybe your life is about courage, embodying courage and encouraging others. Maybe you are here to be a healing force in this world. Each one of us gets to claim what feels resonant to us. For me, 
I have defined my purpose, my intention, is to create a hearth where people can come, where they can discover who they are and connect with, connect with their truth, connect with one another. And so when we have an intention, then we make commitments as a result of that. So one of my commitments in life is to unity and to growing unity so that more and more people find this hearth. They find the light of themselves and remember it and they connect with others. And so all the energy that I put into that flows from that. You see how that goes? And so it, I'm not going to say it's effortless. I put a lot of effort in, but, but it comes from a place of commitment to that. Many of us have made the intention to have a child. And then when we have that child, there are commitments that go along with that. And we hopefully follow through on those commitments. There are commitments to make sure that your child is fed and clothed and has a place to live. But the commitments don't end. You, you have a commitment to nurture and nourish this child. And then, then the children grow up. So I, I'm at a stage in my life where I have grandchildren now. And, and so part of what goes with that is that commitment continues. Your kids need things as adults. And you don't just say, oh, no, I, I did that. You're, you're over 18. <laughs> you're on your own. I mean, I'm not saying that you're still you know, feeding them pablum. <laughs> you're not doing that as they get older. But they still have needs. And, and so I don't stop and question like, eh, should I, shouldn't I? Because I have a commitment to these beings that I brought into the world. And my commitment is, if it's in my power to do it, I am going to help them. And so that makes it easy. I don't have to think about it. So you have to, you have to begin by identifying what is it that is your intention, and then what commitments come from it. I was so intrigued because we have the new member orientations that are happening right now. We had the first one um, just this week, and somebody in the group said, I'm really thinking about how will this change me if I make this commitment? And I thought it was such a great question. I loved how seriously this person was taking the thought of making a commitment. What does that actually mean? And I want to share with you something that is part of the commitment that we make as members of unity. And everybody who is a member has made this commitment and then does their best to live through it. But they make this commitment because our intention as members of unity is to be a force of light in the world. Right? That's our mission. We're here to embody love and awaken spiritual consciousness. So when you decide you want to be a member, you decide that because 
You want to be part of embodying love and awakening spiritual energy. You have determined that this is in alignment with your, your overarching reason for being here in the world, and it's a good use of your energy. And so in order to do that, it requires certain commitments. So there are some commitments like, hey, show up. <laughs> you know, don't, don't say I'm a member, but then never come. So that would be one. It isn't like you have to come every day, but, but let, us, let us see you. Let us feel your energy. So that's one commitment. But this, my favorite commitment is how we agree to, to treat one another. And, and I want you to just have in the background the framework of when you were uh, like a third grade girl or when you were in middle school, wherever you, know, you have been, where gossip is the rule of the day and you are trying to get your place in the pecking order by knocking somebody else down. Has everybody had that experience on one end or the other at some point? Okay, so have that in the background as the contrast, and this is what we agree to. I pledge to see and treat Unity members and other attendees as part of my own spiritual body. I promise to think and act kindly toward them in word and deed, refraining from criticism and gossip. When I find myself triggered or concerned about someone's actions, not if, when I find myself triggered or concerned about someone's actions, I commit to searching my own consciousness for the source of the trigger. And if necessary, speaking directly to the person involved about my concerns. I promise to bring in the perspective of my higher self through prayer and meditation and commit to seeing the other as light incarnate beyond human foibles. It's a powerful commitment, isn't it? One of the people in the orientation was saying that what she had been attracted to when she came here was that energy of light that was in the room. I guarantee you, I am not the source of that. We are the source of that. Because we have made this commitment we are shining a light that others who come here for the first time feel. That draws people who don't really know why they're coming. I mean, have you all met some people who've said that? I, I sure have. I, I don't know, I just kind of felt like I should. <laughs> it's, it's a light, like, you know, in those... Um, when they're having a new business and they have the spotlights that go up on whatever. It's, that's what we're doing. We're putting out that kind of light that is shining out and people who are hungry for the remembering of who they are. 
they find that light and they come here and they begin to remember. So we hope we have a powerful intention to create something. And then there are commitments that flow from that. So if you're questioning whether or not you want to be a member of this community, ask yourself, is it a commitment that makes sense with what you are here to be? That's the question. The question isn't, do I have enough time? Do I have enough money? No. The question is, who are you here to be? And if you are here to embody love and awaken spiritual consciousness in some form, then this is your place. And so a commitment to be part of this and to contribute in, in the way that is yours to contribute makes sense. The next, the third step is prayer. So that prayer that we did today is an example of a beautiful prayer that supports us. It's a prayer of alignment. And it is helping us to be in alignment with who we came here to be. So let's, let's take a look at that prayer. It could be any prayer. Joanne's prayer was so beautiful today. A lot of you are using the practice of prayer partners and you're finding your way with that. And that's so supportive. You can come to the chaplains when they stand up here at the end of the service. You can come and have a one-on-one -on -one with them and have that prayer support for your intentions. You can fill out the prayer claims. We have prayer woven all through this community because it is the support energy for who we are here to be. You can use ancient prayers that someone else has written because like, when you take the, the prayer, the Our Father, as Sharon's saying it today, that, even if the words need some translation, and they do, for us to really get the full meaning of it, they carry a vibration because they have been sung and said by people for 2,000 years. Or maybe not exactly, but <laughs> a long time they've been said. <laughs> and so as, as they are said by people for all those years, they accrue this energy of light around them. And they have power that way transcends any issues about translation. The Aramaic language, which is what Jesus spoke, is one of those languages that has multiple meanings for every word. I, I lived in Thailand for a few years, and the Thai language is another one that has multiple meanings. And so, for example, I remember the word sube, and it may be sube or sube. And it, <laughs> clearly, I was not adept by the time I was done with this, but it could mean alley, or it could mean pretty. 
two very diverse meanings. And those were only the two I remember. But, so in Aramaic, it's like that. Every word is like five different meanings. And I, presumably, the Aramaic speakers who talked to each other had some way of communicating. So you knew, were I calling you a back alley or pretty, <laughs> that that was clear. I don't know. But what I do know is that when people get into the Aramaic language and they translate from the Aramaic into English, there are different translations. So the example that I gave you today of the Lord's Prayer from the Aramaic is not the only one I've seen. I've seen other ones that are different. And so there's, there's room in the art of translation. So when you see others, don't fret about that. That's why. And just remember, with the Bible, if that can happen with one simple prayer, what can happen with an entire Bible that has stretched over many, many centuries in its creation and had many authors? And there's a lot more to it. But then it gets translated from Aramaic to Hebrew to Greek to Latin to Old English to King James English to English, maybe, if you read something more modern than the King James Bible. So there's a lot of room for things to get lost in translation. And it makes a difference. But back to prayer. So this prayer is one of alignment. Oh, cosmic birther. When Jesus was speaking and he said, when you pray, pray like this, say, Our Father, you, you have to appreciate the times in which he spoke. So he was a Jew, and the Jews of that time, when they prayed, they started by calling upon the father of Abraham, the father of Isaac, the father of Jacob, and on and on and on and on. And he said, hey, our father. Okay? So you have to appreciate the contrast from the way they were doing it then. Our Father who art in heaven, the Aramaic for heaven that we have translated and then over the centuries come up with this concoction of pearly gates and streets paved with gold and angels with harps. In Aramaic, heaven means expansive. <laughs> So he's saying, our Father, our source, that from which we come, that is everywhere. That is to whom we pray. <coughs> Hallowed be thy name, birther of all radiance and vibration. Back in his time, the merchants in the marketplace would say, this thing that I'm selling you here, I swear in the name of God, is worth ten shekels. <laughs> they were using the holy, the sacred, to falsify their claims, to embellish 
And Jesus is saying, uh -uh, stop that. Keep it holy. And remember, we talked before about holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy one. Keep that sacred. Thy kingdom come. Kingdom was a pretty important thing back in those days. And most of the people that Jesus was speaking to thought kingdom meant, okay, we get to rule again. Those powers are out, we're in, let's go. And Jesus kept trying to present the idea, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a kingdom within. I'm talking about inner authority. Fill us with your creativity so that we may be empowered to bear the fruit of your mission, so that your will be done, so that the dream is released. Fill us with creativity, with the ideas. Charles Fillmore said, divine ideas, or ideas are divine currency. This is how we get it out into the world. We have these ideas of, oh, this could work, and then we commit. We commit to do what is ours to do. And then we use prayer to support us by realizing that we can be in alignment with our truth. That we are innately in alignment. Forgive us our debts is all about, let, let go of all this stuff that we get entangled in that's keeping us from being here where we need to be. Let go of that. It's not important. We're putting our focus on the wrong place. This is where we need to stand. Return to me, the me that is in alignment. We are here in this world to be the light. And every day, that should be the one question. How do I shine my light today? Have I got some barnacles on me? Get them off. Forgiveness. I want to be shiny all over. Because that's who I'm here to be. Nothing else matters. When we step into lack, and we get focused on how am I going to do it? I don't have what I need. We are out of alignment. You give us this day our daily bread. That's a claim. That's a knowing. Jesus is reminding us. It isn't give us, please, 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 we need. It's you give us. You, the source, flow through us all the time with what we need. And when we are in alignment, we know that. And that's what's ours to know. So when we find ourselves stepping back into lack, which we will, 
Our job, and prayer supports us in doing that, is to step back into alignment with our intention of who we are here to be, to make whatever commitments we need to make and follow through on them. And that is how we will unfold and be fully the light we are here to be. That's how the clouds and the night will part so that we may shine. We are light.